Around the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. We're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Hi, Shelby. How's it going? It's good. I'm excited for this. Um, I mean, <laughs> we, <laughs> we're doing the PCR, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. 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 I just said I wasn't sure. I w- I wasn't sure if we were like, oh, the Thursday episode's longer, so we skip the PCR. But this is great because oh, no, I no. do have. I do have pop news. I'm excited to talk about it. I did want to check in with you. The last time we had a pop culture roundup, I said you should watch Yellow Jackets. So did you? <laughs> I have not truly. Like, I don't, under- I don't understand, like, where my time is going. You know okay. what I mean? Like, it's one of those situations where I don't feel like I'm doing that much. But then at the same time, it's like I have no time for anything. Like the thought of sitting down and watching like a bunch of episodes of TV show. I'm like, wait, like where? When? Who are you? Who are Why? you, mister? I watch Survivor and every season of Big yeah, Brother. But I'm, but, but like I didn't watch Big Brother this year. I mean, that's, that's yeah. a whole different story. But I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's. I social. Yeah, I think I think that's what it is. I'm (laughs) hanging out with too many people, and then I just have like random things that take up an obscene amount of time for no reason. Like today, my headphones were malfunctioning, and so (laughs) then I was trying to get an appointment, or I was trying to like figure out, okay, can I get these repaired? I was chatting with some Apple person. Then Mm. they were like, okay, here, like schedule, like this won't work after like two hours of going back and forth with them on various things and restarting things and recalibrating stuff. They were like, okay, actually you're going to have to take this into the store to get these fixed. So I was like, okay, perfect. (laughs) Schedule me an appointment. They were like, okay, here's an appointment for like six days from now, like in the (laughs) middle of Brooklyn. And I was like, no, like can't I just go to an Apple store? Like there's so many around here. Like sure. But you have to call the store to schedule that. So I was like, okay, great. I'll do that. So then I called the stores. They're like, actually we don't have any appointments within the next seven days for in a 500 mile radius of you and i was like what and they were like yeah because of covid it's all of our appointments are booked and i was like okay well great like can i book something after that and they're like no they're only available for seven (laughs) days and i was like okay well how do i get an appointment then after those seven days and they're like well you can't and i was like at some point like who who has these they're like well when they if you have to just like be refreshing and if they become available you can take them i was like when do they become available they're like it's random we don't know i was like what the (laughs) hell is going on so basically they were like well you can't have an appointment you can send in your headphones Mm. and get them fixed that way and i was like well how long will that take and they said well usually three to seven business days but between covid and the bad weather it could take several weeks i was like (laughs) what this is like the episode of broad city where she's trying to get the mail she missed yeah i haven't seen that but that sounds right (laughs) 
And the, so I'm also trying to buy a new, I also need to get a new phone. So it's like my phone and my headphones are both working properly enough that I can use them, but it's like they just have glitches so I should like can get new ones. Right. But I'm like, never mind. After <laughs> after like four hours of trying to sort this out like back and forth and being on hold and blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to keep these until I can get an appointment easily at an Apple store. Like, Wow, yeah. That takes me another two months, like, so be it, whatever. Well, could be longer with the supply chain issues, you know? Uh, <laughs> there's always uh. something. Well, I don't think there appears to be a supply chain issue currently. <laughs> it's just that they have no appointments at these stores because of the, they're, like, down short-staffed because of COVID or something. Right. They w- No one was telling me we don't have new AirPods. They were just telling me that you can't. <laughs> get an appointment to get them maybe the appointments go live tonight at midnight you should check the next okay. seven days you know yeah i guess I don't know. <laughs> well like, what a journey is for miserable. you <laughs> and then you know Amazing. how sometimes you just have those days where it's like like a bunch of small things that normally wouldn't matter at all to you like all sort of pile up and you get to the end of the day and you're like i want to just like go and choke somebody you know it's <laughs> like i don't know who and i don't really know why but like i'm just like ready to you like throw somebody off of a cliff and then is go to this bed aimed at me is this about my my message storm this morning is that no. it? <laughs> oh my gosh no of course not never you <laughs> okay yeah no but i know those days well uh i've been living in those days probably for like two years now yes but... <laughs> well i can imagine a baby i think will do that to you <laughs> just constant state um no but i i mean uh with the pop news this week i'm sure you were going to bring it up since you've been keeping us informed as it's been you know building up but the golden globes happened so yes, i was did you watch up. the watch the tweets <laughs> Um, no, I sort of like saw them after the fact I was, but it was very confusing as to what was happening. Cause they had a r- first announced that like some celebrities were going to be like doing some kind of sort of like show announcement thing. And then it was just on Twitter. And then it was weird to watch the golden globes, Twitter account, like interact with the like <laughs> two celebrities who were excited to win. Most people I think were just ignoring it all together. Yes. It was a whole shit show of a awards ceremony ceremony is a strong word but yeah Yeah. i think the only like celebrity who who showed up in spite of not having to be there was or not even showed up but jamie lee curtis was part of a video posted on twitter and she was like oh she didn't make mention of any of like the you know allegations and issues that they've had with the diversity and sexual assault and bribery and all that she was just like i am so proud to be associated with the hollywood foreign press association in this venture and i don't think anyone else really appeared but what i was loving is some of these tweets that they used because they would just announce the tweets and it seemed like they were generated by like a robot and then the winners were just put in place and they were just slipped out because one of the best ones that was promptly deleted, but you know, lives on is um, uh, West Side Story one for best comedy slash musical, which is a weird category. But the issue is that their tweet announcing it was um, if laughter is the best medicine, West Side Story is the cure. (laughs) 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 Oh, just it's just great. Just really uh, snl style moment or like a waiting for guffman kind of 
just a weird turn of events for what used to be one of the most revered uh, award shows. So, well, well how far they fall. Also, interesting because it, they were supposed to take place on the same day as the Critics' Choice Awards, and so everyone was kind of saying, "Oh, well, the Critics' Choice Awards, w- which were supposed to be a live ceremony that was like telecast, will just take the place of the Golden Globes, kind of mm. this year. Like people will watch that instead. That's where the celebrities will go. Except for this year, because of COVID, those ended up getting pushed back. Like a bunch of these award oh. shows, like the Grammys, and um, you know, various like critics groups and whatnot." Their awards are just like being pushed back to a later date indefinitely until COVID sort of gets figured out and they can Mm. get all of these celebrities in a room together. (laughs) I think that the Oscars, which don't take place until the end of March, are optimistic this wave will be somewhat settled by then. Yeah. But... Yeah, the rest of these awards bodies are like, okay, I guess we'll just do this later, but like we don't know <laughs> when. So it's really throwing the whole thing out of whack. But so then yeah. because the Critics' Choice moved, Golden Globes basically had the whole evening to themselves <laughs> where they're like, okay, well, we'll be luxuriating in this Twitter thread. Yeah, I didn't even like keep track of who won anything. Like it was such a non-event and I don't think anyone's cared about it or followed it necessarily. Like I... I didn't see any like, oh, Golden Globes winner list on the websites I was trolling today. And so, yeah, it's kind of interesting to think of what they'll be able to do in the future or if it's just like the end of the Golden Globes. Yeah, I mean, I think they this year they stuck pretty close to the... I don't think there was too many surprises. And where there was sort of surprises, I think they were more diverse surprises than normal um i saw mj rodriguez won an award for pose which was sort of groundbreaking but the thing i kind of feel like with these awards is that you have because the voting body is so small you have to assume that there's a little bit more um like crosstalk like with the oscar nominations because there's so many thousands of people who are voting on some of these categories it's like uh, you can like you can't really blame anything on one person or or a group of people but with this it's like okay you could easily see a group of them sort of getting together and being like we got a safe face we just got to vote for certain people because not because we want to give them an award necessarily but just because like that's who we feel like we need to give an award to this year to sort of like get our some of our um like good graces back. So I feel like even the people who won or if they're groundbreaking wins, you sort of have to look at those with a slight bit of an asterisk because it's like, okay, well did the golden globe committee like actually in their horribleness think that this was a good performance or were they just like, what, like we need uh we need a win here. So let's give an award to, you know, some Hispanic people. Like, <laughs> yeah. Eh, I don't know. Yeah. Kind of a weird a weird situation, but uh, hopefully they can take this time to really learn and grow as a body. So, yeah, thoughts and we prayers. Shall see. <laughs> what other stories uh, do you have? Oh, okay. I'll jump into my other one. Um, this one is both juicy and depressing because, and also predictable in a sad and depressing way. But Tristan Tom Thomas Thompson, Tristan Thomas, Tristan. Who is this? Okay, he is the uh, the baby daddy Tristan Thompson, the baby daddy of Khloe Kardashian's uh, oh, daughter. Yes. True. Uh-huh. Yeah. So obviously they've had a messy relationship. Uh, you know, 
it, it's all messy. But basically, he cheated on her multiple times. She kept getting back with him, and that's like her prerogative, whatever. But <laughs> the latest, the latest slew of uh, bad press is that this woman had gone on Instagram and was like, Tristan you are my baby's father. Like I, you can't pretend this isn't happening. Like we had an affair. You did this. Like you have to take responsibility. And that story was like out there. People were like, wow, this is pretty, I think people kind of believed it. They, they knew that they'd had an affair. They didn't know if it was the father, but he adamantly denied it. He was like, no, I did not have relations with this woman. I don't know her. But so he had to come crawling out of, I don't know, his, his permanent residence inside shame and posted on his Instagram stories <laughs> this announcement that um, today paternity test results reveal that I, in fact, fathered a child with Marley Nichols. <laughs> and, and he's like, oh, I'll take full responsibility. And then in another slide, he said, and to Chloe, you don't deserve the heartache and humiliation I have caused you. You don't deserve the way I've treated you over the years. My actions certainly have not lined up with the way I view you. <laughs> I have the utmost respect and love for you, regardless of what you may think. Again, I am so incredibly sorry. And on one side of this, first of all, uh, Tristan, you know, these sort of public apologies, they only go so far. And I really don't think anyone took this very seriously. You can always say like, oh, this isn't how I feel about this isn't my actions don't line up with how I view you, but like clearly you don't respect her because you're cheating on her and she's the mother of your child, but you also have like three different mothers of your children at this point. So it's like, you know, the respect anyone has for him, I think is just constantly depleted. But on the other hand, it's interesting to watch like Chloe Kardashian handling this and this has been an ongoing storyline, both in her personal life that she makes public and also obviously in the show itself, literally being a storyline over and over and how the family jumped through hoops, so to speak, to kind of accept her accepting him. And I just feel like there's this unique ability of Chloe's to really milk these sort of situations. And I don't think she deserved to be cheated on. I don't think forgiving someone and trying to move forward with them means that they'll inevitably cheat on you again every time. Did this one have a few red flags? Yes. But I'm not saying that she like deserved it. But what I'm saying is that it's interesting how that's kind of become her shtick in the Kardashian megaplex is being the one who's able to ride out these waves of humiliation and just like really thrive in this sort of I don't know, humiliated victim persona that she's now adopted, whether it's with people attacking her figure or her size or, you know, posting pics that she didn't authorize that show a different thing than she's usually showing on her Instagram. So that side of it is also interesting to see how she'll talk about it now going forward, um, what she'll do next. And everyone's waiting on bated breath to see because it's like she can't take him back again, you know? <laughs> Well, I mean, TBD, because also, <laughs> which we haven't talked about on the show yet, is that the Kardashians have a new yes. show coming out on Hulu, which I think I had said when they quit oh, the last no. one, like, oh, that they were just going to do another reality show for another network. Yeah. <laughs> and and people were like, oh, no, like, I don't think so. I think they're done with that era. And it's like, what? Like, that's their brand. Like, what else do they? I mean, yes, they have these like business ventures, but I feel like those only work so well as the Kardashians are like in the press. And right. 
And well, and that's what's interesting is Chloe is one of the few who does not have a brand, right? Like she had the revenge body show for a while, which is problematic and uh, continues to need wrestling with. But like, obviously, Kim, Kylie, they're moguls. Kendall, she's <laughs> built like an athlete and has been a supermodel. And then even Courtney has poosh or whatever that lifestyle <laughs> website is. But Chloe has really just... She has been the one who's been like, no, my public life is my product and I will I will put it all out there <laughs> for everyone to see at any given moment. So I mean, yeah. I think Chloe and Rob are definitely sort of uh I think they had some setbacks at, at, <laughs> especially with the Lamar situation and all yeah. of the like drug abuse and that because they were all living in that house together and I just don't think they've been able to like regroup from that since yeah. they're like it's just a constant stream of sort of like bad decision making that then just leads to worse consequences and then bad decision making because of those consequences. So both of them I think are just a little bit uh, like need probably to go away and like take a a fresh start for a while, which I think Rob has attempted to do several times, but it's just like a rough go for the two. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Like I said, I don't like, respect the kardashians mostly i don't like them but i don't necessarily wish them ill like i don't think it's it can't feel nice to you know post on your baby daddy's birthday like oh we've been through so much thank you for showing me everything you said you would and then a month later he's like oh actually by the way (laughs) i mean but they also all have terrible taste in men like not a single person (laughs) they have ever dated or been attached to has been like (laughs) even remotely positive. They're yeah. all terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if that's like for drama or for what, but it's just like, they're not good. Yeah. And you can tell like immediately in every episode of the show, like one of these people shows up and it's like, they are not good people. Like they do <laughs> not care about you. Yeah. Jordan tried to warn her, you know, Jordan was like, Hey, this guy is creepy and made a move on me and I didn't try to do this. And <laughs> Jordan's living her best life now, so congrats to her for getting out of that. What's Jordan doing? I mean, she's uh, she has like a closing line and tons of followers. I, I'm, she she's independent in a talk. way that she's not. She yeah. wasn't allowed to be. So, yes. <laughs> growth. Because she was who Kylie's best friend. Yeah, yeah. But but Tristan made a move on her, and that's right. why they ousted her. Right. And why she went to the red table um, to share her truth. Got to go to the red table. Yeah. <laughs> share it. Um, the, the only other story that I was going to talk about was just all of, I feel like every celebrity has died in the past. Oh, I know. It's been rough. Yeah. It's between, not boding well for 2022. Between Betty White and then Bob Saget died. Yeah. And um, uh, Sidney Poitier. Like, yeah. they're just, yeah. Were, were you particularly impacted by any of the celebrity deaths? No, I mean, I think, I think the way I, I'm like happy with the lives they led. I think Betty White, obviously, that is a long time. You know, she had a long life. She had a long yes. life, and I, I think there was a a sweetness to that farewell. Whereas, like Bob Saget, I'm not personally attached to it. Like, yes, I watched Full House, but I haven't like followed up with his comedy career. But by all accounts, he seems like a really nice, funny, genuine guy. And so this sudden death is pretty like shocking and sad that it just came out of nowhere. He was just found. There's no like signs of, you know, foul play or drugs or whatever. So it's just kind of like, Oh man, that's a surprise. And that's sad. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, 
it's nice that all these people who've died, we haven't had to have the same slew of like, oh, you never know what someone's going through. It's more like a celebration of people who were celebrated through their life. So a good reminder that it's nice to be nice and and uh, honor people when they're actually alive still. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but what about you? Were were you a Betty White stan? I mean, not really. I didn't watch the Golden Girls at all, but I did love her on the match game, which I watched a lot when I was younger. Um, And she was so good, obviously, like in the proposal and stuff um, and her SNL episode. Like, so, yeah, it was it was tough. The funniest part about that was that People Magazine had (laughs) like preemptively run a hundredth birthday uh, magazine cover of her. And then after it had been shipped out, she died. So then she ended up being on two weeks covers in a row because the one was the one celebrating her birthday that she didn't get to. And then the second one was the one, uh, like the in memoriam. Edition. <laughs> so I was yeah. like, that's truly a boss move. To go out. <laughs> yeah. People were talking about her. I mean, she, I think someone did the math and because of leap years, she technically did live to be a hundred. So we think oh. we're counting it. <laughs> well, then there's also the whole thing about, is the queen dead? Oh, I didn't see that. Well, so the queen, I think people think she's sick or, or or some, there's some, she's sort of been like not present and didn't do a bunch of the things that normally the queen does um, revolving around Christmas. Mm. So people haven't seen her, but then there's this thing where, you know, she has these Jubilee celebrations, which are when she's been queen for a certain period of time. Right. And the platinum Jubilee, which I think is what, 70 years of her being queen, maybe, or 60, whatever the next one is, is on February 6th. So then there's also these theories that like, well, the queen is actually dead, but oh, because the, they have already spent so much money on all of these Jubilee things, they're going to like pretend that she's just like in- sick <laughs> until that happens. I was like, these that's are dark. I feel like there's no way that's actually yeah. happening, but it is sort of like, okay, uh, like, like with the Betty White thing, like we're get it, we're nearing a big date, and right. so it's like okay, just like make it a little bit further because <laughs> we put a lot of effort into this, and then like you know if you if anytime after February seventh if you want to keel over, like that's fine, <laughs> but we just gotta last long enough. Wow, that's dark. I mean, you know, what did they what did they call it in what did Meghan Markle refer to it as? It's like the family and then the firm. Yeah. So maybe the firm is really just like. Mm-mm, we got a budget. We got to meet this <laughs> target. <laughs> you're alive until we say you're dead. Well, and I'm also like, okay, well, if she's really old and like really sick and they're having all this stuff, like she's not going to be able to do any of it anyways. So. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, uh, yeah, now I'll have to keep my eye out for little appearances from the queen. And that'll I mean, make the, the crown season six so exciting. <laughs> Well, I'm also like, okay, if the queen dies, then I feel like the crown has the go-ahead to like finish off the show. Because right mm. now they're like, oh, we're going to end after six Well, except seasons, for Netflix's blah, blah, blah. relationship with Meghan Markle, right? I guess. I guess they could just <laughs> ignore them. Well, also, <laughs> just I off don't, in America. They like, don't I, don't, I don't know how much, uh, like, how much that affects anything. Because obviously they're like – Harry and stuff are all are in the current seasons. Um, well, but so. Harry and and um, what's his name? Dang it, William. William, 
they they'll feature more once they're actual adults arguably because they'll start to be taking in on more responsibility right but i mean it's like they're they're covering all of harry's family in like a not super great way Mm. so i don't I'm I just not sure how much that would affect their right. Netflix deal at all. Like, do you think Meghan Markle's gonna be like, no, actually, we're gonna give you all this money back because I don't like the way that you're like <laughs> portraying me? And you would have to imagine that the portrayal of them would be positive on the well, show. Well, but I thought what I meant is I thought they made an agreement with Netflix where they're like, We'll partner with you, but you have to promise to stop the crown. Am oh. I making that up? I don't remember that. I feel like that Maybe was I'm... would not have been publicly <laughs> admitted to but it definitely could have happened like behind closed doors well why did they decide to stop already what was their reasoning i think they were like oh it's too close to Mm. like like it's hard to do a a show based on things that are actually currently still happening but what i'm saying is like with if the queen dies then it's like okay well now your full story arc is there like nothing after that can make it into the show right so you might as so then i think like if you give it three four years like you could fairly feasibly like you know do the whole run yeah the final season yeah yeah well we'll have to see i mean if she makes it to the jubilee so yeah if she's if she's (laughs) not dead already (laughs) well do you have any other stories or should we get into love it or hate it let's get into love it or hate it okay are you talking about emily in paris because i've been dying to know no i haven't watched it yet again (laughs) i have no time Oh, are you even a fan? Okay, well, what were you doing instead? I've been watching so many movies, <laughs> like just so many movies, because I have I had all of these end of the year lists. Like basically, yeah. it it like my job at BuzzFeed is movie and t- TV, but I think that I've just sort of like siloed myself, and my editor has also done this into like I'm doing all of the sort of award season stuff, mm. which is great, and I yeah. love it. But like I'm writing a list on all on like the best international movies of the year. I just had a list oh, that wow. came out that was um all like the best performances of yes. the year. There was like 57 people on that list so it was like so many movies and my editor also likes to give you know he'll be like well what about this one what about this one will he have the, have you watched this and so then i'll have to go and watch these extra movies so it's like even in my free time i have i've been mostly trying to catch up on those kind of things so i'm like watching french foreign films that came out this year rather than emily in paris unfortunately oh shoot you've changed man i know <laughs> Uh, just I'll two roads diverged in a wood, and because you the chose is, the pretentious one. You know, Emily one. in Paris will get a lot of <laughs> Emmy nominations. Oh, of course. Summer, so yeah. I'll have to of watch course. it before that. Of course, um, of course. No, I was going to. Um, I was going to talk about the new Matrix movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's let's kick it out then. Which is sort of a hate it. Um, oh shoot. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Did you ever watch any of the Matrix? They seem like movies you would have avoided. I watched the first one when I got married, but then we didn't have access to the other one. So I've never seen him. Okay. Well, the first one is very good. Uh, and sort of uh, like inventive, but not inventive in a way that's like so complicated that you can't follow it. I think it's pretty, like, I think you could, you can watch it and it's obviously like, Oh, it's a thinking movie, but it's (laughs) not one that where you're like lost. I think it's pretty easy to like follow what's going on. And there's cool, there's cool special effects, whatever. The second one veers off into a much more philosophical landscape. So there's still some good action sequences, but it's just very sort of like 
heady in a way that I didn't think was as enjoyable. Mm. And then the third one is just like downright terrible. And it's very, it's a very different vibe. It's more of like a war, like a robot war (laughs) energy than, than the first two, which are like jumping in and out of these, um, you know, sort of like mental time portal things. Right. So this new one, I was intrigued by what it was, where what direction it was going to go in and sort of what the vibe of it would be and it lean it was very similar i think to the second one it's very philosophical but there's not really a lot of good action sequences in it and i feel like that is one of the hallmarks of the first couple movies and why they did so well is because they had these really interesting fight sequences there's really not that in this and instead it's just two and a half hours of a lot of Keanu Reeves giving off dialogue that's sort of like, what? Like, I'm confused. (laughs) Jada Pinkett Smith is in it playing the same character that she's played in the third one, but it's supposedly like 60 years in the future. So she's in like old, old age makeup and acting like an old woman in the same way that like a middle schooler would be if he was playing an old person in a school play. Like that's about the energy that she's delivering. It's like, oh, Shelby, welcome to the Matrix. Like you think I'm exaggerating, but I'm not. Like that's legitimately what she's doing. And the plot is supposed to be sort of like, oh, it's a great love love story like it's this epic love narrative whatever but I don't know it just was not working for me it was boring it was long I was just like okay the matrix you had one good movie in there like (laughs) let's call it a quit and also it did horribly in the box office which makes sense because most people didn't like the second or the third one so it's like if you didn't if you watched all three are you clamoring to go watch the fourth one I don't know if you <laughs> haven't seen all three there's no way you're going to watch the fourth one because you don't know what's happening mm. so it's like who is the audience for this I think it's very limited and yeah I was like yeah okay yeah well I'm I'm glad to hear I don't have to watch it at least so yeah, silver no. lining you're good. Um, I sent you a list of all the movies you have to watch yeah. for <laughs> our end of the year rankings this that was on not it. on yeah it. yeah <laughs> Um, okay, well, I'm I'm taking over the TV of our movie and TV representation. Okay. Uh, that seems to be my vibe, you know, that I'm filling in now that you no longer watch television. But um, HBO released, and I hadn't I hadn't known this was coming out, so I was really excited because um, Station Eleven. I don't know if you read the book, but it was a novel by Emily St. John Mandel. It came out like a decade ago, maybe. A few years. I haven't, but I know that it it had a real big pickup at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. About that. <laughs> it's a and pandemic then, book, yeah. And then the show has done really well so far. Yeah. I hadn't known it was coming out, and then I just saw it pop up on HBO, and I was excited because I loved the book. I didn't like necessarily remember a ton, and I was worried because I'm like, ugh, a pandemic story. But this one takes place – well, the book – the premise is that it takes place like 20 years after a deadly flu pa- pandemic and the collapse of civilization. And it's following this specific group of survivors who go around as like a traveling Shakespearean troupe and um, and kind of do these performances throughout, I want to say Michigan, actually. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was going to say another <laughs> Michigan show. Um, somewhere up there, you know, by the lakes. Um, watch it be like Vermont and it's, nowhere <laughs> it's near. definitely not Vermont they're definitely they're in near the lakes but um, anyways so the the show kind of takes place 
the show takes a lot of liberties with the book, which I'm okay with. It's been a while since I read the book, so I'm not like uber attached to it. And the story itself is much more like emotion driven than strictly narrative. Like it's not like it, it's a thinky book. It's not just an action book, even though there is some of that. Um, And so this one takes a little bit more of sort of an action driven. They're dealing with a more aggressive cult than what you see in the book. But anyways, what I'm saying is that it's a really well done show. And even though you do, in fact, have to witness the collapse of society around a pandemic and that itself can be very triggering, um, it's all like really well done. It's definitely a slower like vibe, but I've enjoyed it. I've been slowly making my way through it. I think it might be finished or there's one episode left, but I'm still like I'm like six episodes in and I think there are 10. So it's kind of like hard to get through because it's, you know, sad. <laughs> uh-huh. Maybe not sad. It's just kind of serious and like, oh, society, wherefore art thou? Um, but all in all, really well done, really beautiful score. Uh, like everyone in it is really talented. Mackenzie Davis is sort of the main, the main lead. Playing. Oh, I like her. Yeah, she's good. Himish Patel is in it in sort of flashbacky ways. And then the the young version of Mackenzie Davis is like this little girl actress who I feel like I've seen in everything. Um, but I don't remember her name. But anyways, it's good. I think the first episode's really strong, but also really hard to watch because everyone's coughing and dying and um, no one's wearing masks. So <laughs> a little too close to home. But all in all, if you were a fan of the book or if you're interested in sort of a uh, highbrow television experience, I think HBO delivers yet again. Yeah, HBO. It's it's back. Also, Euphoria is back. My editor told oh, me that yeah. I have to watch that. So Oh, TV. <laughs> I know. I'm so going to be watching I'm that. befriend uh, your editor and get it through way that way. I'll be like, oh, hey, to, to get hey, me to tell watch Matt things. To watch the, yeah. <laughs> It really all has to do with who we have like partnerships with and which shows are going to be. Oh, wow. So they buy your reviews. What are you? The Golden Globes? Uh, Basically. (laughs) No, it's like, like we have put links on articles. So it's. Oh, I'm aware. And yeah. And then it's like we get money if people click on the links or whatever. So certain like right now we have a bunch of deals with HBO. So it's like, okay, now we need to do HBO coverage. Um, But also we have deals with like Peacock and Apple. So it sort of depends what coverage they need and also just what they think will click well in general. And I guess the BuzzFeed audience really likes Euphoria. (laughs) So I will be watching that. But not Emily in Paris? I Well, Netflix doesn't do these deals with (gasps) anybody. That's like one of the things with Netflix. Is there like, no, everyone's watching us already, so we don't need to do any (laughs) of these affiliate deals. So I don't normally do things that are just on a Netflix show unless we can tie in other stuff. Wow. Follow the money, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Capitalism has really destroyed your uh, taste, but whatever. Happy for you. I'm excited to see uh, what you think of these movies before we find out if you're paid to talk about them. Okay. So this week we're doing our 2022 film preview, uh, where we make asses of ourselves as we guess Rotten Tomato scores of movies we've never seen and in some cases heard of. So that's coming your way this week. But other than that, you can find us on PSU Wrong 
on Twitter, Instagram, send us an email at Gmail or get more content on the Patreon. So yes. And we'll be back next week. Uh, well, we'll be back on Thursday, but then we'll be back the following week to talk about the new screen movie. Oh, you're I'm getting really excited. excited about. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm seeing it tomorrow night. So oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm hyped. It's supposed to be good based on Twitter reactions. Okay. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Okay. See you guys then. Bye.